Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey, you podcasters. I'm excited to give this word to you on today. Have I got a word for you? I've been praying your strength in the Lord, and I'm glad that those that have stayed with me, you know, during this last season, and you are just... uh, blessing me with your loyalty and listening. And I just want to tell you that I'm praying for you and that I totally appreciate that because you could be any other place. You could be listening to any other podcast, but you decided to listen to me and God is going to bless you exponentially for that. How many of you know that there comes a time in our lives where we have waited for the promises of God and the things that uh, the Lord has uh, prophesied over our lives and and it hasn't happened as we are in this waiting process. And sometimes we get a bit weary. That is who I'm talking to on today. I'm talking to someone that has been waiting for a promise of God. I'm talking to someone that has um, been really pressing in and they are asking the Lord the questions, when me, God, when is it my turn? When is it my time? When are you going to allow this promise to come to pass for my family? When are you going to allow this promise to come to pass to allow my spouse to come home, to allow my child to come home, to allow me to get this job, to allow me to get this house that you promised, to allow our relationship to go deeper, whatever the weight that you are in right now, because you are waiting for a promise of God. This word is for you on today. We are going to quickly dive into Hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 through 19 and we're also going to go over to Genesis chapter 22 15 through 18 now Hebrews chapter 6 13 through 19 will be um, our anchor scriptures and then I will undergird those scriptures with Genesis 22 15 through 18 so that you might know why I've come to this conclusion and I will parallel the Old Testament and New Testament together so that you could see that when we read the word of God that the New Testament is no more than fulfilling the law, which was the Old Testament. So I am at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13, and I'll proceed on down to 19. It reads like this. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. I want to read that again. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. Verse 14, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Today's title is please wait and see. Please wait and see. And I'm going down to verses 16. Please swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said. And puts an end to our argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He conformed it. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we 
who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. Now, today I am coming to give you a word of encouragement to remind you to continue to wait patiently on God. See, Abraham in this particular scripture in Hebrews is very interesting because Abraham was given a promise from God and that promise can be found back in Genesis 22 and 15 through 18. So let's go back to the promise because we can see in Hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 through 19 and specifically verses 13 through 15 where the Lord is giving Abraham not just anyone, but he's giving Abraham a promise. And because this promise that he's given Abraham, he looks and he says, since there's no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, he being God. And what that means is when we make a promise to someone and we make an oath, a lot of the times you will hear someone say, you know, I swear by my mother that I did this, or I swear by my father that this is true, or I swear by my children that this is true. What that means is the reason they're swearing by that thing is because that thing is of greater value. That thing is of importance to them. And because that thing is of greater value and of greater importance to them, they're choosing that thing that is valuable to swear by so that you might know the, as a person hearing them swear that they are really honest about this thing, that they really believe in this thing with all of their heart. Now, the Lord is making this promise to Abraham. So when you take that thought process of how when we swear, we take something of value and swear by that thing of value so that we can show our honesty, our loyalty, and our belief in that thing. The Lord is taking a natural thing and he's saying he had to swear by something. And when he pulled out something of greater value, there was no one in the earth realm to be found who was greater than him. Get that. This is a powerful thing. This is the Lord saying in Hebrews 6 and 13. This, let me read this to you. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by. See, he's saying there is nobody greater than me. Come on now. This is the King of Kings. This is the Lord of Lord. This is the great I am. This is Adonai. This is the Lily of the Valley, the Rose of Sharon. This is the burning bush. This is uh, the greatest of all times. He's saying there's no one greater than me to swear by. So I guess I'm going to have to swear by myself. And I love it because when I think of him saying, oh, I guess I'm going to have to swear by myself. He is saying, because I am God. And I am the only God that I would never leave or forsake you or that I'm a God and I'm a, I'm not a man that I should lie or the son of man that I would have to repent. So he said, I'm swearing by myself because I've never failed anyone. I've never, uh, there's not a flaw in me. I am perfection. I am the truth. This is who he's swearing by himself. And he's swearing by himself that way that we would understand that he's not a man that he should lie. He can't fall short in this area. If he, if he said it's going to happen, he's going to do it so that he might bless you. And I love this scripture because as he's swearing by himself, he says, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. So he's saying, I am definitely going to do this for you. I'm swearing by myself, which is the greatest of all times. And I'm definitely going to give you many descendants, Abraham. 
And then when you go to verse 15, it really blesses us because it tells us when Abraham received this promise, what's next? What happened next in Abraham's life? It says that. And so after waiting patiently, so Abraham heard the promise from God and waited on the promise and Abraham received the promise. And this is why I can rest assured as I release this word on to you today, that if you wait on God and do not faint, that you will receive the promise of God. His promises are yes and amen. And these are a guarantee. You know how when you buy a product or you go to the store and you purchase something, order something online, some places give you a money back guarantee. Some don't. The Lord is saying this is a guarantee. This is a guarantee. I've given you a guarantee. All of my promises are yes and amen. Then he goes on to tell you about his attributes to say, I'm God. I'm not a man that I shall lie or the son of man that I have to repent. I don't repent because I don't know how to lie. I don't lie. That's not in me. For God to lie, then it would make him not God. And he's saying, I am God. I do not lie. You can trust me. I love this. You can trust me. And as I go down to verse 16, I'm still in Hebrews 6. Chapter 6, 13 through 19. I'm now at verse 16. It says, people swear by someone greater than themselves. So, and I explained that whole concept of when people swear, we look for something of greater value so that we can swear by that thing to show our loyalty, to show our honesty. But listen to the word of God. It says, people swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts in puts an end to an all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear. So he's saying, I want to make this very clear to you. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to be confused with this. I want you to understand that this is very clear to, to the heirs of the promises of God. So he's saying to the children of Abraham, to the children of God, and you are a child of Abraham because we were grafted in. Come on now. Paul said we were grafted in. And what that means is we were grafted into the family of God through Abraham's promise that God gave him. And I know some of you are saying, well, what, what was the promise? I'm glad you asked. Let's go um, run down to Genesis 22, 15 through 18. Genesis 22, 15 through 18, because this is the original promise that was given to Abraham from the Lord. He received this promise from the Lord. Now, a bit of backdrop before I read this is I'm coming into the middle of the story. So basically, Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son. He's obedient unto God. He takes his son and he prepares to sacrifice him. When Abraham puts the son on the altar, he lifts up his hand to what? To, to take the knife to um, plush it inside of his son. But before he could do it, an angel of the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham. He's calling Abraham's name to tell Abraham, you don't have to kill your son. There's a ram in the bush for you. So there's a ram in the thicket in some, that's what it says in some uh, Bible versions. It calls it a ram in the thicket. So basically this ram is caught in the bush to be in place of his son, Isaac, who the Lord had asked him to sacrifice. And the Lord had asked him to do this because the Lord was trying to do a what I call a heart check. Oftentimes the Lord would do a heart check on us to see if we're going to be obedient unto them, to see if we've learned to love that thing more than we love him. And see, you got to understand Isaac is coming on the scene and he's what we call the love child. And, and we look at this thing and this, this love child means a lot to Abraham means a lot. You got to remember they got a baby in their old age, this old age, this means a lot to him. So for him to give up this child that he has pleaded in prayer with 
for the pleaded in prayer with the Lord for that takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of belief. That takes a lot of humility. Come on now. That takes a lot of uh, faith in God. And when he does this, the obedience gets us the pro see that it gets him a promise. It gets him a promise. And so where we're coming in at, at Genesis 22, 15 through 18, this is the Lord speaking to Abraham a second time. The, the Lord, the angel of the Lord spoke to Abraham the first time when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son. But then as you move down the scriptures a bit more, the angel of the Lord, I'm at verse 15. So I'm at Genesis 15 through 18. This is where we're entering in into the story where the angel of the Lord is speaking a second time. So it says the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time, a second time. Remember, I said the first time the angel called, he told Abraham he didn't have to sacrifice his son, that there's a ram in a bush. And they was just checking to see if he would be obedient. So now the angel of the Lord is calling to Abraham a second time in verse 15. And it says, uh, and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord. So let me go back and read that so we can understand it. The Lord of the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, this, when he says you have done this, that's, you know, going ahead and sacrificing Isaac. It says, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And remember I said, the apostle Paul said it like this, we are all grafted in. And this scripture in verse 18, Genesis 22 verse 18 is what Paul is referencing. It says, and through your offspring, this is the Lord, the angel of the Lord talking to Abraham and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And we are part of that. All nations, we are blessed because we are grafted in because simply because Abraham obeyed. And the Lord made a promise to Abraham that we now get to reap the benefits for how many of you know, that as a child of God, we oftentimes reap the benefits of something we did not do. You, you say, prophet, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. A lot of the time I look over my life and I know good and well, I didn't do anything to deserve that. And it was God's unmerited grace and favor that allowed me to be able to, to have that position that allowed me to be able to obtain that particular uh, feat that I was trying to do. And sometimes it's simply because I had people who were praying for me, interceding for me, you know, covering me when I did not even know they were covering me, praying for me in areas that I didn't even know I needed prayer in. And I was reaping the benefits of the faithfulness of that prayer warrior, of the faithfulness of a legacy of faith that my family has been built on. But I go on to say all that to say this, the Lord is desiring to bless us in this season. He is desiring to bless us. And he has showed us that he made a promise in the old Testament. Think about this. He made a promise in Genesis 22, 15 through 18. He makes this promise to Abraham because Abraham is obedient. And then when you float up to Hebrews 6 and 13, which is in the New Testament, it says when God had made his promise to Abraham. So he's basically saying when God had made this promise to Abraham, that was in Genesis, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. So I'm here to tell you on today, please wait and see. 
Please wait and see. In order for you to tap into the promises of God or to receive them, we must learn to wait for God. That's point number one. Point number one, I'm going to make two points today and I'll be done. I'm not even going to go over and heavily long on today. I'm going to make two points. Point number one is learn how to wait patiently for God's promise. We see in Hebrews 6 and 13 through 19, how Abraham waited patiently for the Lord and he saw the promise. He saw the promise. He saw the promise because he waited. Point number one is learn how to wait patiently for God's promise. And and what I want to do is pull three scriptures to really push point number one home. Go over to Psalms 27 and 14. This is how it reads. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. This is Psalms 27 and 14. Let me read that again. Psalms 27 and 14 is undergirding point number one, which is learn how to wait patiently for God's promise. This is how it reads. I'm reading Psalms 27 and 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. I love this because he's saying, wait on the Lord. And then he's telling you how to wait. Be of good courage. And then they tell you the results when you are of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. I love this scripture because they're given a command, wait on the Lord. Then they're telling you how to wait, be of good courage. And then they're telling you, you will reap these results. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. I love that. Don't you like that pattern that God gives us? He gives us a command. He tells us how to conduct ourselves when we're in that command and then to sit back and receive the benefits of God. But he's gold goes back to say, wait, I say on the Lord. He's reminding you in order to receive these benefits, you must wait on the Lord. See, we have to understand that the promises of God are yes and amen, but they are predicated upon conditions. And this is a perfect pattern to let us know that the condition was to be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Now flip over to 2 Peter 3 and 9. 2 Peter 3 and 9. I'm still undergirding point number one, which is learning how to wait patiently on God. I'm still at point number one. I'm undergirding that or underlining it with P, 2 Peter 3 and 9. This is how 2 Peter 3 and 9 reads. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Lord oftentimes is working so many things behind the scenes that you have no idea about. The Lord is working things right now that affects generations, 15, 20, 20 generations from now. He's working things that's going to affect people in decades way beyond us. How many of you know that the Lord is working so strategically in the scenes because he never sleeps? He never slumbers. It says heaven is his home. Earth is his footstool. He is doing all these things strategically like a master chess player that we might be blessed. But to the the fact of being blessed, I would take it a step further. He's making sure that he maneuvers it in such a way that no one that's a child of the king will be hurt in the process. He said he would have it that no one should perish. perish. That means he is working things even to affect the non-believer that they might come in to the fold, the sheep's fold, that they might come into the full knowledge of Christ, that they might come into salvation with him, that they might be saved in this season. And then the third scripture I like to point out that undergirds point number one. And again, point number one is learn how to wait patiently for God's promise is Galatians 5, 22 to 23. It talks a bit about um, the fruits of the spirit. And what it says is that the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is truly evidenced in your life, you will bear these fruits. And they go on to name all the fruits of the spirit, you know, love, uh, patience, long suffering, kindness, all the fruits of the spirit. And the reason I say that is because. 
learning how to wait patiently, patience in and of itself is a fruit of the spirit. So that's a good thing. Having patience is a good thing. Come on now. Some things make us wait so that we can learn how to have patience and that we learn how to wait gladly. You learn how to wait gladly on him. See, I love the Lord and what he does. Again, point number one is learn how to wait patiently on God. And the scriptures that you can go back and ponder on that undergirds that point is Psalms 27 and 14, 2 Peter 3 and 9, and Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And again, I want to hit this scripture too that kind of undergirds that just to kind of hit it home a bit. Isaiah 40 and 31. Isaiah put it like this. When we talk about learning how to wait patiently on God, this is how Isaiah put it. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Get that. If we wait on God, this is the benefit. We get a benefit. Who does that? Who gives you a benefit for waiting on them? Come on now. The last time you waited through the drive-thru, they didn't give you a discount on food because you waited. The Lord is saying, if you wait, this is what you get. Isaiah put it like this in Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. This is your benefit. When you wait on the Lord, you'll renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. Eagles soar. That means you are flying high in him. It says they shall run and not be weary. So you can run a race where people are getting tired, but you will not get weary. It says they shall walk and not faint. You can walk long and, and I'm saying long through a dry season and you will not faint. I know that I'm right because the children of Israel come on now. He led them through the desert and their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. They didn't say they had a, a what is it called? Heat stroke. They didn't have heat stroke. They didn't have any heat flashes. They were just walking through the desert and he did what? Preserved them because they were walking in a way and waiting on the promise of God that he had promised them to enter into their promised land. Okay. Point number two, point number two, God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. Remember today's topic is very clear. It says, please wait and see. See, I need you to wait because see, if you don't wait, then you can't see the promise. Some promises take a while to birth out. And when I say it take a while to birth out, remember I say he's the master chess player. So he's moving all types of things on the board so that you would benefit in this thing. It's almost like looking for a job. You know how it'll take you a long time sometimes to get a job. And you're like, man, I've been applying for jobs and I still haven't got hired. And he's, he's moving the specific job so that everyone there can receive you so that that job is what you prayed for. He's moving all these pieces on the chess table that you might receive the promise of God that you might receive it in this season. Again, point number two is he's a promise keeper. Go to Psalms 145 and 13. This undergirds the fact that the Lord is a promise keeper. And we saw that when, when Abraham waited patiently on the promise, he received it. The Lord made a promise to Abraham. Come on now in Hebrews 6, 13 through 19, the Lord makes a promise and he swears by something greater, which was himself. He swears by himself that he might uh, allow Abraham to see that you are going to get this thing. You can be encouraged because I'm not a liar. You can be encouraged that I'm swearing by myself. The greatest of all times, I'm swearing by myself that you might be blessed in this season. But back again to point number two, God is a promise keeper. I'm at Psalms 145 and 13. Psalms 145 and 13 undergirds point number two, God is a promise keeper. God is faithful to answer all of our prayers. He's a promise keeper. It's written in the Bible. He's a promise keeper. 
The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. Come on now. This is Psalms 145 and 13. God is faithful to answer all prayers. He's a promise keeper with an explanation point. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. Come on now. Go over to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. This is all underlining the fact of point number two that God is a promise keeper. Because I want you to know that you can rely on God. Because see, I know we've been through a lot of things. We have people that have been divorced. People that have been abandoned by parents people who have been left by their mother their father some of you might even be adopted come on now all types of things jobs that have disappointed you pastors that have disappointed you prophets that have prophesied and the things haven't come to pass yet come on now we have all types of things that have happened to us but i'm here to tell you that god's a promise keeper you can count on god second corinthians 1 and 20 reads like this for all the promises of god are yes and amen unto the glory of god by us so he's saying all of my promises are yes and amen you are can be guaranteed that this promise is going to happen to you predicated upon the condition the condition is that you are serving god the way that he's asked you to serve him come on now we have to have a clean heart consecrated hands there's certain conditions that have to be met so that we can receive the promises of god they don't just he's not just handing out his promises to anybody it says that he doesn't hand out the promises to uh the wicked come on now the, he's not handing the, the blessings of god out to the wicked Come on now. His seeds never go begging for bread. They never go begging for bread. He's going to bless his children. Come on now. He's a father. And the word of God is clear. It says when if a father, it says if a child asks a father for bread, would the Lord give him a snake? Think about that. If you asking God for something great, would the Lord give you something bad? No, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. But there are conditions. The conditions is that the Lord expects us to be consecrated, holy and acceptable unto him. That's our reasonable service. He expects us to be holy and consecrated and set aside for his special work. We can't go out here just acting any kind of way and thinking that the Lord's going to release promises to us. Come on now. He's not going to drop the, uh, the bread amongst people who don't deserve it. Go over to Ezekiel. Ezekiel put it like this. I'm still undergirding that God is a promise keeper, which is point number two. And I'm getting ready to close. Ezekiel 24 and 14 said, God said, I am the Lord. I have spoken. It shall come to pass. I will do it. I will not go back. I will not spare. I will not relent according to your ways and your deeds. You will be judged, declares the Lord. So he's saying, listen, the condition of the promise is according to your ways and to your deeds. Come on now. If you, it says a tree is known by its fruit. So if your fruit is not lined up with the word of God, you need to be pushing into to God, turning from your wicked ways that God might, that you might hear from heaven and God might heal the land. That God might heal you, that he might, he might hear you. Come on now, when we are out of God's will, our prayers are just, we're just a praying them amiss. They're just hitting the roof. And if our motives are unchecked, we are really praying amiss. When you pray amiss means you're just praying and nobody's hearing you because you are out of the will of God. Your heart and your motives aren't right. I'm decreeing and declaring today that even now that you will recognize that God is a promise keeper, that you will recognize that the Lord is faithful in all the promises that he's given us and that you would come into the true revelation that God loves you, that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, that you are an overcomer. And in this season, the Lord is saying to all of his children, you know, his daughters and his sons, he is saying, please wait and see. That was the title. Please wait and see. I'm, I'm pleading with you to wait. Don't make a haphazard decision. Don't make a, a temp, like a, a haphazard decision on temporary emotions. In this season, you will be grounded in Christ. 
Not because I said it, because the word of God said, think it not strange when these fiery darts come your way. When things start happening to you that seem out the box, don't get all in an uproar. Just learn how to wait patiently on God. Abraham waited patiently on God and he received the promise. And that's not just my words. That's Hebrews 6 verse 15. It says, and so after waiting patiently, come on now, Abraham received what was promised to him. I believe on today and I decree and declare that you will receive the promise that God has given you on today. Every promise that the God has promised us in the Bible, they can come to pass for you, but you have to wait on him. You have to wait on him. You have to wait and not faint in this hour. Okay. I love you guys. And for those that have just now uh, listened to me for the first time, I'm going to tell you that I love you. I invite you to continue listening, but I also want to offer salvation to you. Salvation is given to us freely. If you do not know the Lord, this is your opportunity to, to, to be invited in by invitation to receive salvation. All you have to do is say, say your name. I, whatever your name is and, and, and tell the Lord, I receive salvation freely. I believe that you died on the cross for me and you rose on the third day. I believe through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, the son of God, I was given the ability to be born again, born again as a new creature. And I'm, I'm accepting the invitation of salvation in my life. And I'm allowing you to wash my sins away. Just that easy, you're saved. Isn't that awesome how easy it is to receive salvation? It's not difficult. We make things so difficult, but it's not difficult to receive salvation. The Lord has given it to us freely. And for those that have just received salvation, I'm excited. It says when one person is uh, received salvation, that all the angels in heaven rejoice. They're rejoicing even now for you because they are excited that you are no longer going to hell, but you are coming to heaven. And if you have more questions and you want any type of uh, counseling, please go to my youtube page positive thinking podcast put in jasmine baker j-a-s-m-i-n-e baker b-a-k-e-r and you'll see me pop up and you can dm me there and um, ask for any type of counseling any type of coaching so that you can have discipleship in this season i don't want you just to receive salvation and then just to walk off haphazardly i want you to receive salvation and also receive growth and discipleship and mentorship in this hour i love you guys i want you to be blessed know that you are highly favored and I'm always praying your strength in the Lord.